Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Welcome back to the LARCast uh, Christmas edition. You guys are in for a treat today. Uh, we got the the Lark Trio uh, live. Uh, I am here uh, with with Russ. You guys know Russ by his gravelly southern southern voice. You were welcomed in the intro of the Larkcast by him, as you are every week. Russ, oh, how man. you doing, man? Good, dude. Um, got down to sixty this morning, so we're a little little chilly out here, man. Pulled out some coats, some hats. And yeah, poured some eggnog in my coffee, man. Tried to get in the spirit of the spirit of the season. Nice. First time it's gotten chilly. So yeah, it's like 20 degrees here. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see I have a fire going, a 4K fire going on the TV behind me, which keeps me nice and cozy in my very drafty old office in my building that was built in 1880. Um, But I digress. I digress because. you're, for the first time, I think that for the first time, we got all three of us on the LarkCast. Jamie, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? It's 20 degrees here, and it's supposed to be negative four by Friday. <laughs> mm. oh. Nice. The whole family's recovering from, and I say recovering lightly, we're recovering from the great flu of 2022. We've been down for seven and a half days at this point, but uh, and we have a real fireplace downstairs, which has been the, the kind of bright spot. You know, yeah, man. But it's fun to be here, dude. Good to good to have you. And this is um this is a special Christmas treat that the Lark Cats are pulling out for all you Larks out there. This mm-hmm. one goes out to all you Larks out there. Merry Christmas. We have a little uh <laughs> Merry we, have <laughs> little, <laughs> we have a little we have a little sizzle zazzle for you today. Got a little, a little something something special. The little uh, something uh Merry Chrysler. <laughs> a little something <laughs> something we're doing for y'all today. So um we put our, our heads together, our wonderful, beautiful, bright, and brilliant heads together. Mm. And um we said, hey, we're gonna do a Christmas episode. Um, what do you guys, what do you guys want to do? And, uh, it was suggested that we dig up old Christmas sermons from the past and just (laughs) roast each other and (laughs) roast ourselves, uh, roast our, our, our past selves, um, Mm. our past pastor selves. And so that's what this episode is. All of us have. Uh, some sort of message from the past and uh we're just gonna we're just gonna roast ourselves so that's and, that's and, what, that's what we're doing self-deprecation and, and. this is the self-deprecation christmas celebration i like that it's, it's a little bit long on the title but but that's a good title and i made it There's up a right lot there of syllables the in there self-deprecation 
See, dude, you can't you Christmas can't take the celebration. Passer. You can't take the passer out of a dude. That was that was <laughs> dude, that was alliterated from phonetically from front to back. Self-deprecation yeah, Christmas celebration. Boom. Even got that single syllable followed by a word, followed by that double <laughs> syllable, followed by a word. Hell yeah, dude. Got that you s- rhymed every syllable. Got that Bro. S- sound in there. Bro. Self. You notice that self goes with Christmas. Hey, that's how you get raises, man. That's how you get raises in the church world. It is true. And hopefully as we journey through this very embarrassing moment, um, <laughs> wondering, like... I mean, I'm just going to be honest, dude. As you hear about these stories, just to be clear to the audience, I think you're going to hear good news. So you will be encouraged today as you journey with us. Um, But in this self-deprecation Christmas celebration, uh, you're also going to be just reminded that Jesus wasn't kidding when he announced that he single-handedly just reconciled it all. It is finished. Because there's going to be a lot of people out there like Russ, Tony, and Jameson. They're going to go through trainings and they're going to get up on stages and they're going to present Christmas and Easter and the other 50 weeks of your sermons that just make you look at yourself in the mirror eventually with the scripture in hand and scratch your head and wonder, how in the hell, man, has good news still been traveling the world for 2,000 years? How? And then you just have to be convinced, like, man, he really is on the throne. It's true. It's true. He will build his church. And then through yahoos like us. And if you're not convinced of this, you will be here in just a few moments. Yep. Nice. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what order we want to go, go in. Um, but um I think uh, it might be good. Maybe the longest, the longest sermon, the sheer amount of words. Whoever has the longest sermon will go. And I'm just going to tell you guys right now, we haven't compared notes, but I can promise you that neither of the sermons sitting in front of you are 10 pages long or more than 6,500 words. So that's me. I'm going to go first because I win. So you're asking the question, how does, how does the gospel spread? How does God grow his church? Well, clearly it's through 10 page, 6,500 word manuscript sermons. That's exactly, that's exactly how good news travels (laughs) right there. And I will tell you for a good Grandma Betty finally got her nephew to come. Finally got her nephew to get out of the band and come to church. Tony walks up there with <laughs> 10 typed pages, bro. <laughs> Dude, I could make this thing rain. Like, if it was money, I could make it rain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, but that but that was, like, the world I was in. I was, um, I was a rising pastoral star at a, at a very big church in Northwest Indiana, a gospel coalition, Reformed Baptist church we mm. prided ourselves on big theological words in fact in the introduction of this i was um i had a little i had a little thing saying like hey this is our our mission here at this church is to equip you to see every bit of life through a biblical lens even the christmas season i got into that in the intro um 
And yes, you're right. Russ is very embarrassing. <laughs> and and so I have railing little... on people for buying presents while well, you justify <laughs> buying presents. No, like I can tell, like back then, I was still, um, I was still pretty like into self-deprecating humor. So I was like making fun of myself for like like being super late on everything and not being prepared for the Christmas season. Got to throw a little humor in there. You can't just hit them with a bunch of, you know, you can't hit them with oh, like yeah. all of it. You gotta, you gotta have a few funnies in there. Um, but I, little, I little. use the phrase, I use the phrase hypostatic union in the introduction. Are you being serious? Like five lines down, I have the phrase hypostatic union, which wow. for Dude, all I've of you, probably are... got a, a tally <laughs> list of times that I've done that. So I'm with you there. <laughs> 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 in fact i think if if i had to guess jamie and i probably are a little bit more like nerdy like into the like theology rush you probably were more like um planter like friendly funny trying to grow this thing maybe a little bit more slick you know like your illustrations are really really tight um oh, like, it. it was it was the like you're probably like you're theologically tight um, but you probably weren't trying to like impress anybody with big phrases. I could be wrong. No, 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 I, no, but you know, definitely guilty on the other end for sure. Had to bring in them, uh, bring in them solid, solid little tear jerking, tear jerking stories, man. Make sure they were placed, placed in the proper order. Right. Yeah. So Tony, you and I just don't have a, a syllable limit. Is that there's no. no syllable limits, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> but the, the premise of this, uh, we were probably going through, it looked like we were going through. Like, <laughs> I just got to say this. We can edit this out if you need to. <laughs> no, we're not editing any of this out. None <laughs> of this is getting edited. I'm just like finding myself <laughs> laughing because I can see you. Like, I mean, you got like two or three like key elders in mind, bro, that you're thinking about, man, when you're when you're prepping that sermon, you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta, you know, you got, you gotta bring this game man, to the table. You got these dudes to impress. Uh, this and was 2013. So I think at that point, I think I was probably, I think probably past that, but that would definitely would have been true for me early on because I was the very first pastor they ever hired without a seminary degree. And like my mm. entire time was like, I was trying to like prove that I belonged. So who who were you impressing with the syllables? Uh, at that point, it was probably just like who could be like the slickest, you know? Like okay, I was trying to be I like I told totally you like it. A, like a, like in been any there. work environment, like it would probably be more competitive. So it was like you were trying to be like everybody's favorite pastor, like you're cracking funnies and you're like theological and you're smart. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There we yeah. go. Okay. So my thing so wasn't wondering... so much like smart, like I can hang enough. Like I wanted to be like, I wanted to be funny and like culturally relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's man. So embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. It's just, it's just true. It's real. It's, <laughs> it's so true. true. Dude, yes. But I can't help but in my head, I feel like Jameson would have just been trying to impress Jameson. Syllables. <laughs> like, I seem like in the mirror afterwards, talking to himself, arguing about which one brought it better this week. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you, Jamie. You just wait <laughs> until this next sermon rolls out. Oh, my gosh, man. 
Side note, I w- as charged. <laughs> okay. That's a nail See, on the that's... head right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let me get through this real quick and then I'm I'm kind of <laughs> eager to move on to you guys. I'm just gonna make fun of so my my basic premise was um that the word Jesus he assumed the human nature of a man, both body and soul, so that he could save both body and soul. So just because he's the God man, right? He's fully human, mm-hmm. fully God, hence the hypostatic union. Um, that that makes him eligible to save us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where where I was going. I have no joke, six quotes. Six. Like I referenced six. Six quotes from like theologians. Two of them were Wayne Grudem. One of them was Mark. One of, one of them was Mark Driscoll. <laughs> one of them was Mark Driscoll back when you could quote Mark Driscoll. This is before mm-hmm. everything, you know, this is before rise and fall people. All right. Yeah. Cancel, cancel culture wasn't what it, what it, what it yes. is. Yes. Back when quoting Driscoll earned you points rather than, you know, got you. Got you canceled, bro. You got Grudem in there twice in one sermon. Yeah, I got Grudem in there twice. <laughs> yep. Whoa. Um, I had nice order to everything. Everything's kind of like you know my main points are kind of like you know bolded out. Like all my like quotes were color coded. My passages were like a different different color. I got to yeah. fill. I got to fill Riken quote in here. So I'm, as you can see, I'm pretty diverse at this point. I'm quoting Riken and Driscoll. Dris- Driscler, what are you writing? Yeah. Driscler, Mary Chrysler, Mary Chrysler. Um, my favorite part. Okay, so here's my main illustration. My main illustration was a, a Zales commercial, which is I don't, I don't know if you guys have Zales across the country. I think they're pretty national, um, like jewelry, you know, jewelry yeah. store. And the 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 commercial was this kid who's like looking through the glass case, and he like picks out this like killer like mm. necklace or whatever you could tell this thing's like super expensive and his eyes are all big and he's working with like the salesperson, and he points at it and she pulls it out and you're like well how the heck is this kid gonna pay for this you see where i'm going with this right yeah. right a kid with no money no resources no nothing to his name how in the world is he gonna walk out with the precious precious diamonds the gift mm. for a mother on Christmas. And then the commercial flashes to the dad and he's got a credit card in hand. Ah, now we see uh. the sufficiency. Where is the payment going to come from? Where, where people, friends, friends, I am here to tell you today, where is the payment going to come from? Not us. We are not sufficient. We don't have enough in the bank account. No, to pull this off. We need to look outside of ourselves to the divine credit line, the credit card, the, G- the, the Jesus plastic. We need the Jesus plastic to pay for this. <laughs> that was like my big kind of like illustration. But my favorite, my favorite part of this sermon is um, I had gotten into a conversation on Twitter with somebody because back then I was just like quoting I was just like being a pastor on Twitter and like every you know every tweet had had to have you know some sort of you know divine purpose I'm sure oh yeah Um, God God won't bless that feed if 
if it ain't. Yeah, you got an image to maintain. But I, but I'm like, I'm like, hey, really, really quick. And this was like a dude who was like not a Christian. I'm like getting into this conversation. So of course I had to highlight that because like, I'm just a man among the people, man. I'm just connecting with like everyday people. You know, I'm just, I'm just out here like to share good news. I'm just out here huddled people. up in a corner at a coffee shop by myself with my headphones in, tweeting out people who don't believe. <laughs> and so I, I highlighted this exchange and I literally called it a conversation in this sermon. I called it a conversation and I, and I, I, I typed it out. <laughs> The dude's name, dot, what he said, and then me, I called it a conversation. And literally what I have printed here is one thing from him and five things from me. <laughs> so now you're teaching people the art of good conversation, too. Yeah, dude, there it is. I'm showing people how to have conversations. Listen, when your neighbor <laughs> utters one little thing that's not correct, you just pounce on his ass, bro. that's it it. i'm done i'm done i'm done that's that that's that's enough that's enough i'm hitting the the point of like this is funny and if i went any farther i might be drinking myself to bed tonight so yeah that was it that was mine seriously man well done well done. the title the title was god with us to save us and the the tagline, the tagline to the sermon <laughs> is longer than the title. Yeah. Why the incarnation of God was necessary for our redemption. Boom. Mm. Boom. The only thing, man, that you could have maybe done to top that, I'm just wondering, like, the green room conversation after the sermon. And... You know, people gathered around and just thinking like, bro, if you would have planned ahead, man, okay, I know you admitted that you didn't, all right, that's all in your intro, but just thinking back, Tony, if you could have planned ahead, our band could have done a whole new rendition of Christmas Shoes, but it could have been Christmas Diamonds. Who's, who's <laughs> <laughs> that would be a total senior passer move. See, I didn't have that kind of weight. I was just an associate. But if I was the lead dude, then I could have like sent the email to the worship leader on Friday at 3 p.m. when that idea came to me and then made his ass work all weekend on converting that song. Yeah, man. Yep. Kind of got some lyrics in there about the plastic Jesus card, you know, (laughs) that credit line, bro. (laughs) Man, that's I needed this. I needed this. I was good laughing. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Jamie, you're up. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Now, really Um, quick, for those who are listening in, Jameson is not always as willfully self-deprecating as Tony is. So don't don't start looking down on us if we lean into him while he's sharing. We're not we're not being mean. We're not being shut up, Russ. Dude, my sermons were good, okay? I had to look so long and hard to find a sermon that I could sit my here and make fun good. of. <laughs> Damn you fools for inviting me on this episode. <laughs> Tricking me. <laughs> I came on here to show you guys how to write a good sermon. <laughs> James like, oh, I thought this was the podcast where we brought our best sermon. 
<laughs> I was just going to read my stack of Christmas sermons. I was just going to read my 15 pages on my sermon. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> that one, on a serious note, is it 15 pages? No. Come Some on, of them bro. have probably no, been those pretty, are Those I've are preached. just his Lark, Larkcast notes are 15 pages. <laughs> I've hit 57 minutes before. Bro. For sure. <laughs> That's impressive. That is impressive. Well, this is okay. So there's the context for you. Like that's, that's what made my sermons so easy to make fun of is there. I'm unable to not show you how every single dot that's connected is connected. Like there's something in my brain that just has to nerd out on all of the connections, whether I made them and they're not there or, or they're there. And it's fun to talk about. Um, well, you do good at it, man. I'm in a good way. Serious discernment to fit to figure out, like, okay, there's you know 150 people sitting in this room right now. How many of them a are going to know how to follow what I'm saying? B will care, or C, what's going to happen after they hear what I have to say about all this stuff? What's actually what's that even going to do? I struggled with that for a long time. I still do. If I sit down to write a sermon for somebody. Um, so I, Advent junkie. Okay. So I have been digging around in history, traditions and liter liturgical stuff for at least a decade, I guess, probably a little over. And at the church I was at, we were working really hard to like, not just throw out all because it's old. And so I'd go exploring and all this stuff. So we had built out an Advent series that we started using every year. And we would talk about the incarnation as the first Advent, right? And then we'd talk about the consummation, which is the Advent yet to come, the arrival yet to come. And then we would talk about the third week, Christ's presence with us now, the current present Advent. But if that's your intro every single week, <laughs> explaining all of those words and all of those concepts and all of what that mm. means, and you're already like behind the eight ball because you're a nerd and you just want to talk about it and it's cool to you. Like to me, this stuff was interesting. I could read and write about it all day. Um, it was really hard to turn that into sermons that were like made people <laughs> actually understand the gospel, the good news. Um, yep. So Grandma's Tony, I might have you beat. I said in a lot of people were people didn't fall asleep on me, but they were scratching their heads. The word that I used in my Advent sermon, so I was talking about the future one in my sermon. Inaugurated eschatology. That was in <laughs> my introduction. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I almost spit out my coffee, man. And I I proceeded to do a full workup of what the church calendar is and how it works <laughs> in this sermon. Um, what was the phrase again? Inaugurated eschatology. I just can't believe uh -oh. that your one of your sermon points is also Pam and I's code word for sex. That's just uh, what are what are the chances of that? What are the chances of that? What are the odds? <laughs> what? <laughs> 
I'm having a surreal <laughs> moment right now. <laughs> Maybe I'm stressed. I'm stressed. <laughs> no, I'm great at eschatology. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all, all of a sudden the kids are like where's mom and dad <laughs> he's writing a sermon about the consummation of all things <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn this is amazing why have we not done this before all right go ahead jamie this is the lark of grace for those who are listening in (laughs) this is the joy and the beauty of levity at its finest go ahead i've never i've never heard back from anyone about this sermon so (laughs) i don't know if i got uh if anybody was helped (laughs) there were definitely no tweets um everything i say is longer than 140 characters and so you just there's not much you can do with this i did (laughs) i'm looking at this quote right now and i'm like it probably sounded cool. It still kind of sounds cool. I don't know what I expected anybody to do with it. I said, this brings us to our main topic today, which is the promise about the future. If the future shapes the present, what can we know about the future? Mm. Mm. You guys are thinking on that one. I got you good there. Did you Um, put a little note in that? Read twice. That was it. Like no, I bolded your... it so I would really emphasize it. And <laughs> yeah, my like pre-sermon when the band's going through their thing, or were you probably also on lead and worship that day too? Were you doing double duty? No, I don't think I did this time. Okay. Yeah. So they're probably nobody probably tweeted that out, but they were probably texting it to each other in the pews. Like, what does this mean, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what in the heck is going on? Yep. Um, my introductions are just painfully long. Like there's, after reading Capon's book on preaching, I'm so ashamed of my introductions. <laughs> like, he's like, dude, just skip the introduction. Just skip it all together. Okay. And go straight into preaching. Because he's point. like, you're not saying anything anyways. And I'm looking at all this. I'm like, this is worse than the introduction of a book. Um. Mm-mm. Cause it's so thorough. <laughs> I have to, I went through what everybody's previous sermon in the series talked about. I was like, Hey, here's their main point. Here's what he said. Da, 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 da. Just set it all up. And then all the context and, Bro, and you then you really get to the preaching part. Connecting all the dots. It's yeah. It's a, you had to hit an hour on this bad boy. This one hit an hour, but it was probably close. Mm. I was known for that. Um, for sure there's a lot of scripture references and quotes and quote Robert Jensen in here and he's a systematic theologian that um, would probably make Grudem skin crawl uh, I used to buy weed from a Bobby Jensen <laughs> might be his kid or something it probably is <laughs> it's like a given everybody in school is like don't become a theologian (laughs) kids all become dealers (laughs) 
So here's a quote. So where's it get I bad, like, dude? Where's it get I'd bad? I'd like to I know take this quote back. Here's a quote right. I'd like to be able to take back. Okay. The promised future with God is not for those who believe or understand that it is coming. It is for those who live as if it's already here. Ooh. Yep. I'm with you. And on I that can one, dude. I can sit here and like parse it out and be like, well, what I really meant. Um yep. but that kind of that just doesn't matter. And that really sets that quote solidifies the gap in people's minds between them and God. That's kind of the bottom line. Hmm. That's why I would take it back. Um mm. On and on and on and on. I want to tell you that Jensen quote. It was so good, but I don't think I got it or anybody else got it. Um, this is the the thesis to one of his smaller systematic theology books. He says, there has lived a man wholly for others all the way to death, and he has risen so that his self-giving will finally triumph. And Jensen unpacks the gospel in that book and it's 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 really incredible he does an incredible job of taking to task all of the things uh honestly the a lot of things lark takes to task that we do um in and through everything we say and write and uh jensen's like it's jesus um and specifically and jesus in the incarnation so I Dude, love that. That is I, a good uh, quote. I dig that one. And I feel bad for you, man. And everybody's sitting there on that, on that other one. Yeah, if me, you grab a you hold know, of this, then it's true. <laughs> my favorite right. Bobby Jensen quote is, are you going to buy this dime bag or what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. But I've, dude, I'm I'll give you the last that. one, okay? 15 years of sermons that were always, if you do blank, right, then... This, you know this then this is good news then this counts and it's like oh man so if yeah. we're being honest here I, I probably have 15 years of sermons i'd love to take back oh yeah 100 all the good and beautiful points made all undone by the time you got to the end with the with the if but clauses <laughs> the one thing i got going for me russ is that i can say that you were one of the guys that helped me start preaching <laughs> so <laughs> this sermon came in I don't know. This was probably six or seven years ago. And I've always had Russ in my head trying to help me <laughs> say fewer words. Um, I remember those meetings. That helped, helped to a point in theory. So here's the last thing I said. Um, and I'll leave it here, I guess. This is in my notes. I never found the, I usually preach with a manuscript of some sort. So I don't know exactly. Maybe I didn't, maybe I just went with these notes, but I may or may not have said this. It's in my notes and it's bolded. So you probably said it. I probably did. It may be a quote from somebody else. This looks like it's somebody else, but if I said it, it's on me. Do you want to be redeemed? That is the one great decisive question that Advent that Advent puts to us. Um, <laughs> which 
it just it's the same thing, man. It's just pressing the same problem for everybody. Of like, yeah, I was trying not to. Like, do we laugh at this? Do we cry? Like, which, oh, which yeah. one do we? Which one do we do here? You let just let the emotions flow. <laughs> do you want this? Just so we're clear, it's already done. But <laughs> I was not very clear. Yeah, man, I was not very clear. Well, dude. Cheers to <laughs> cheers to the reconciliation, man, of all things single-handedly carried out by Jesus mm. to redeem all of our fallacies and misquotes and missteps and misunderstandings and malpractice of the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like there's yeah. nothing else to nothing else to cling to in this, man. For me, dude. The one Christmas that I would take back, I was pastoring a church that I planted in uh, in city of Asheville, okay, South Asheville. Planted in 05, all right? It's the first church I planted. I had started some ministries like youth and then college and then a, a teaching ministry and then like a single young, you know, like, like the, how that world works, right? So I did all that, man, for like, I don't know, six years at two churches, and then planted this church and there's a lot of cool things that were going on. And we, uh, you know, we're toying with all these different things. And I'm and in my head, I'm dealing with like the missional thing is like starting to become something it's underground. No one's really talking about it. So I'm hanging out with these like obscure dudes that were spending their time all over the world where they're seeing this stuff. And then they're coming back to the U S so I got that brewing like on the right side of my brain. And then I got this dude who's working with North Point, Andy Stanley, that's helping kind of coach me through the planting of this thing, right? In the left side of my brain. And I'm sort of in this weird tension moment of what to do. And so we decided to get a little creative. I got this associate pastor. I won't say his name. He joined our team. And he was this big kind of fun dude, but goofy at the same time. And naturally, I mean, you're going to want to. Just to be clear. Yeah, was it, kind of, it, was kind of described me a little bit there. It's it was close. Uh yeah, he 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 didn't wear glasses. That's that's the difference. So. <laughs> 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 so um so here's where here's where it all goes down. He he shows up Sunday morning in Christmas pajamas with Christmas lights wrapped around his, his legs, <laughs> his arms. <laughs> he was also he was also getting some North Point coaching. <laughs> He's plugged into the freaking wall, dude, back behind the stage. <laughs> <laughs> work. He's trying not to trip over himself. <laughs> this dude out doing announcements. <laughs> trying to get this crowd hyped. <laughs> I'm gonna start crying, man. Just <laughs> so freaking embarrassing, dude. I'm not up there, but I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you, bro? <laughs> I mean, I knew he was gonna do something fun, but I think he's gonna show up looking like a walking Christmas tree. <laughs> so, so this dude, he does these announcements trying to get everybody hyped up, and he thought I was going one place in the sermon <laughs> this week. And instead, I reversed course and uh, decided to speak from the hip. No notes. They call that go going with the ghost. 
Holy ghost. <laughs> you went with the ghost, baby. So I'm just going to go ahead and admit all this. Okay, so <laughs> I didn't grow up in the church world. Um, when people talk about like their youth group stories and like, you know, Chronicles of Narnia here and that as a kid, like I never heard any of that. I didn't know C.S. Lewis was. Now I discovered some of C.S. Lewis in Bible college after becoming a believer as an adult in seminary, but it was more like mere Christianity, things like that, right? Quotes and different passages. I wasn't really diving into anything Narnia related. Well, the Chronicles of Narnia comes out as a movie, right? And I took Krista and the kids and we went and saw it Saturday night and I'd never seen it before. And dude, like all these cylinders are firing in my brain, right? Because you're watching this movie <laughs> and you're making all these connections between like what's going on in the movie and what's in the scriptures and your mind's just like blown, right? You're so amazed by it. So I have to change course, bro, because I'm like all jazzed up, man, about what I just saw. But it's not all clicking like with any sort of like clarity to be clear. You know what I mean? It's like it's like the way you bumble about a restaurant that you went to to a friend. You know what I mean? Like that night and you're just kind of bumping through the menu and this and this and it's all random and you're excited and they might be like, oh, I love it. But they have no idea what you're really talking about. That was my sermon, bro. The next morning I freaking mm. preached a Christmas sermon. <laughs> basically as a movie review of <laughs> Narnia <laughs> on Sunday morning yeah, in the bro. Bible Belt where everyone in the crowd is like, uh, yeah, we've all seen and talked about this thing for 20, 30 years and this dude's yeah. up on stage like you've never even heard of Narnia. And I just remember basically doing a 30-minute movie review of Narnia <laughs> following walking Christmas tree advertisement <laughs> announcements and getting done man with that sunny morning and sitting down afterwards and just sitting there dude in the front row and man just like the feeling of my gut you know of just going what the hell just happened what did I just get up there and do man do you how remember do you what... come back from this do you remember, did Krista have any feedback for you on that one? She just looked at me cross-eyed afterwards. You know, like, what, 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 what's, what was this whole, what is, what, what just happened? You know? <laughs> it's like a bunch of families, right? Packed out a building, man, for uh, the Sunday before Christmas. You know what I mean? Last Christmas, you know, gathering of the year, man. And they got a. Uh, they got a movie review. And I'm, you know, I know there was like gospel messages, you know what I mean, that were like kind of brought in there, but it was, dude, it was about as disjointed and discombobulated as you were gonna get, man. I bet that thing. Bro, I went made off a lot into of like sense. the wall. I went off like the table breaking and Ozon. I mean, I like I took a whole like detour and like talking about the law of God in the old testament. <laughs> and commandments <laughs> it was like it was almost more like easter like an easter <laughs> message on, <laughs> on on christmas at christmas and yeah dude it was it was it was definitely of, of any sunday morning in my life yeah after years of you know ministry that i could take back this was 
this was it, man. I'm laughing because I'm trying to have fun with it, but bro, if you were there, you'd have cringed. Yeah, man, that is uh, that's great. And knowing knowing you, you've definitely honed that uh, kind of like on the fly, um, knowing what to say, kind of like in the moment thing. You're really good at that. Um, and who knows, maybe that was like the beginning of you exercising that, uh, that little, <laughs> that little muscle there. <laughs> little Tony coming uh, in and counseling me right now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> little pat on the back, like, it's okay, Russie. No, no, I mean. You learned some good stuff. <laughs> you had to go through it. <laughs> and oh, there's not, there's nothing worse, dude, than you're like, dude, I got this. Like in your head, it like all makes sense. You can kind of see it. Maybe like when yep. you were taking a shower in the morning, like you had, a, yeah, you had it all. But then you showed up and that dude was freaking wrapped in Christmas lights. And, you know, <laughs> oh, man, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of things, you know, to like throw you throw you off, you know, especially if you're going with the ghost. No notes. You got, you know, Janice is hitting you up about running out of goldfish and, the you know, the kindergarten yep. room. The janitors over here hitting you up about, you know, somebody who threw Bro. up in the, the the rear entrance, you know, of the building. And you're trying to like keep all this stuff like together in your head. And all of a sudden you see, you know, Christmas pajama boy on stage and you were work. There was a lot of things working against you that morning, dude. Yep. Yeah, man. And I remember the worst part of the whole thing was ending it. There was a dude in Houston that had started this ministry. Like I think it was called like, um, I forget the actual name of it. I have to look it back up, man. But it was something in relation to like Christmas. It was like him and uh, Rick McKinley out of Portland, the Mago Day, you know what I mean? A few other dudes. And it was this whole like just shaming the whole Christmas multi-billion dollar spending money on presents industry. Mm. And like reversing all of that by not buying presents for anyone. It's giving of time. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. So I remember somehow I tied that whole thing in as like an illustration, dude, of what could be. Yeah. If we grabbed on to the mystery and the magic of Christmas as mm. explained in the scriptures and illustrated in this beautiful story of Narnia. <laughs> Just like looking back at that, I'm like, people got confused. They got shamed. <laughs> they got Oh man. It's like the show nailed it. You know, you have like this Pinterest thing that you're trying to like this cake. That's like amazing. Yeah. And then like the one you make, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. That's kind of what that, that sounds like. Yeah. But, but I had some elders reach out, man. Like, bro, are you okay? Because <laughs> 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 I'm just saying like you had this track record of one thing and then all of a sudden, you know, right, on a Sunday, right? At Christmas, you just sort of go off like your rocker, man, for a Sunday morning. <laughs> By the grace of God, the church continue to move forward and grow. But um, yeah, man, we're just going to chalk that up to the Holy Ghost scratching people's memories. And uh, yeah, moving forward. So closing out here, um, I think it's good to hop on here and, you know, make fun and all that kind of stuff. I kind of, I kind of made fun of like the world I was in, what I thought was super impressive. Um, you know, Rush, you had a little bit of a embarrassing story. Jamie, you brought a little bit of like a little bit more message, you know, centered, man. I wish I could take this back, man. Let's just take like 
just two minutes, man. And just and just share some good news, like leave some people with with some stuff and just encourage, encourage mm. their heart. I think all of us used to lay in front of people, um, you know, a lot of a lot of conditional, a lot of conditional theology, a lot of things yeah. that were based on performance, and even even made faith. Um, we 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 were orthodox in that we said that we were saved by faith, but we made faith a thing that was like the last piece of the puzzle, you know, that really unlocked everything. Jesus came and did it all, but here's this last piece that we need for it to be really true for you. Almost like faith is make something happen instead of the discovery of what, of what is. Yeah. And if you've been, if you've been rocking with the Lark cast for a while, you know, that, you know, we're saying no, like the gospel just is, it is. It's a reality apart from your opinion and mine. God did something definitively in history apart from your existence and mine. If I, if I existed or if you existed or not, right? So faith is not something that makes something happen or makes something not a reality. It is the discovery of something that that is, and that something is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, it's good news. Very good news. For me, the thing that's uh, probably stood out the most this season is, you know, naturally we talk a lot about incarnation. Um, God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. You know, it's, this is a, it's a pretty big deal. It's the heart of the Christmas story. And I think for years, I always saw that through the lens of this is something that he just needed to do to come and accomplish something for us that we couldn't accomplish on our own. And so it, it almost can start to betray this, like, yeah, I guess I need to go do this now. Right. Or a little bit like begrudgingly maybe, or, or nope, it's been thousands of years and they still haven't figured it out. So let's just go ahead and, you know, let's do this. But the more you say the scriptures, the more you see like, no, this seems to be the story from the beginning. And when you start to see in the incarnation, um, just this reality of God wanting to be with us, right? An incarnation that's revealing that you guys think your humanity is this problem to overcome and it's created this separation. And I need to come and somehow like overcome this thing for you. But I'm actually becoming flesh and showing you that you're living in this frail dependence. Yeah, that's just called human. It's not something to overcome. It's something to actually recline in because you were made to live in the dance of this Trinity. It's a beautiful thing that you're for some reason fearful of. And when you start to see like him becoming that thing that we're so fearful of and showing us like, no, this isn't a bad thing, guys. It's uh, I mean, there's more to the story that I could get into, but I think just seeing it through that lens this year has been, been pretty encouraging to me and, I think it really starts to paint a different understanding of the heart of God in his coming. Yeah. And what I want to say flows right out of that. And it's probably one of the biggest takeaways for me this year and the study I've done and thinking and talking and writing and exploring, right? 
and I put it on the blog, it says, the one who has been face to face with the Father for all eternity joined us to be face to face with the God of our imaginations. Like that realization sets the gospel in such a different light for me and for people I talk to because I mean like you're saying Russ we often teach and preach this thing like it's a it's just another starting point with a really good push to get you some momentum in your spiritual life or Mm -hmm. life in general or your relationships or whatever and it's like no, Jesus showed up in a, a human body so that he could face down the the gods that we're bowing to, the false gods that we've chosen to follow. The stand-ins for God the Almighty have of like creator of heaven and earth. The one mm-hmm. the ones that we let take his place. Um because those gods offer us a pretty clear list of like okay so here's how you know if you're in or you're out we can't handle a god who says there's no such thing as out there's no Mm. such thing as outside of me like Mm. not only did i will everything into existence but i will that everything remain in existence for my joy Mm. and so jesus is and the last thing I'll connect this to for me, like that made me think about the first commandment, like you shall have no other gods before me. And what I've been thinking about is, well, maybe, and I've said this for a long time because I got really irritated, but it was one of those incomplete things, right? Where I was like, I think I'm on the right track, but I'm not explaining it in a way that necessarily makes that much sense to me or to everybody else. But the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. That's not about priorities we always teach it like priorities, like God first, you know, family second, work third, you know, maybe neighbors and do-gooding stuff after that or whatever. We got to get that spouse and kids in order first, man. True. No, you're right. Spouse second. Sorry. Then then those kids. And then it's roll tide. Yep. (laughs) Those are the three stones, right, David? Three of the stones that David was carrying and then fourth and fifth are tied and tied right right and then jesus you gotta the get that away. system yep. <laughs> and then we gotta don't roll get that the, order we gotta right. roll these stones away in our lives yeah man no i think yeah. you're right though i mean if jesus can walk out of a tomb after being dead you certainly can you know put the porn down yeah he did it for you you can do it for him so amen I, that, that's just been bad news for my whole life. I've never been able to get those priorities to sit in the right order for long enough to matter. And so I've always just bucked it up. Like, I don't think that's what that is saying. I think it means God's the only thing there is. So stop pretending like there's anything else in front of you that you can, uh, do for significance or to be to stay alive and stay in creation and stay in, in sustenance. Right. Like I just, I think the message of, of Jesus coming to 
disillusion us from these deadly false gods that we lose our lives to um he he goes to lengths to prove he's like i'm not absent and i'm not avoiding you never have and never will and the sooner you come to discover that that's true in your perceptions mm-hmm. priorities like you get your it's your perceptions that are wrong and off then you'll actually be able to take a deep breath and enjoy what you do have i love the get it in order is a lot different than stop pretending and i think that is definitely what he's what he's declaring and inviting us into which ties even when what tony was saying god has done something so faith is not a bargaining chip that we have with god it's not something that we have to figure out how to best exercise so that he'll do this or do that, right? Mm-hmm. And for the early Christians to have faith was simply to believe, to trust in what God has, past tense, done. Yeah. And then to live in view of that. <clears throat> and so, you know, just thinking about that in the Christmas message, like God becoming like us, it, you know, he, he refuses to be God without us. I think that's what we're lose, we lose sight of. Think about that. He's he's refused to be God without us. And so he becomes like us to prove that he'll never forsake us, man. It's uh it you know, that bond is unbreakable. There's a union that he has made with humanity by becoming flesh with humanity. <laughs> it's like, yeah. whoa. And so then from that picture, you learn like what God's like. You learn what it means to be human. Jesus isn't a picture of a better Christian. It's a picture of what it means to truly actually be human, <laughs> you know, to be utterly dependent, not self-sufficient, to be alive. And man, I had never really seen it through that lens. I don't feel like I have like been chipping away at it, but what a reason this Christmas season seems to be like, oh man, it's so much bigger and richer than that. Uh, even the Narnia take, I tried to, <laughs> I tried to do. <laughs> I just think that's encouraging for all of us, man. No matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been. God has chosen to become flesh and dwell in and among and through us. Yeah. By way of his son. Yep. Period. It, God becoming flesh proves that he's the God of what is. Yeah. Um staying in heaven and begging us, you know, constantly pulling us yeah. up would, would mean he's the God of what should, should be constantly climb your way up this way, but he's come down and joined us in the, the story of our lives, the story of humanity. He got himself involved in our mess, like inextricably, mm-hmm. like without separation. He is the God of what is. And he is our God and he is for us and he loves us. And, um, speaking of that, I just want to wish you guys Merry Christmas. Yeah, dude. Man, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. The ministry of Lark, um, everything that we've done this year. And, uh, it's been a, it's been a good year. It's been challenging in some ways. Um, but man, it's been it's been worth it. So cheers to you guys. I love you guys. And I love our, our mission. I love our message. I love our stories. 
where God's brought us. And I think today was like a really good example of that. Um, <laughs> Man. Well, let's not be too haughty because every future version of yourself always looks back at a past version. Oh yeah. Um, it looks down a little bit. There's a little bit of that chronological snobbery, you know, that comes with that. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully but, um, we're 65 and we can hop on here and laugh about this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Just be like, what? But man, in the meantime, it is, it is good to at least find the, find the ability to rest, to recline in something that's already true. Mm. Yep. And, uh, and, and true independent of us. <laughs> that's, I think that's the, that's the wow factor. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you, man. Grateful for you guys and for the year and all that we've seen happen. Grateful for you, our supporters and listeners and the larks. Yep. The larks, man. Eager for, for next year. Eager to get this good news out to a lot more people. I ain't gonna lie, that's the one thing that keeps me up at night. That's what I want to see happen. Cheers to that. Yeah. Yep. Until next time, Merry Chrysler. Merry Krampus. Merry Cheers. Merry Krampus.